Hi everyone, this week is Parsha's Tetzaveh, but I was obviously distracted because the happiest day of the year is coming upon us, the holiday of Purim. Hasidus tells us that if you boil down Purim into one concrete foundational idea, what does Purim represent? Purim is the holiday of essence, our essential relationship with Hashem. Now, if you look at Purim at face value, it really looks nothing like that. People are drinking, partying. It's a halacha in Shulchan Aruch. One of the seven halachas of Purim that Rabbi Yosef Kara brings is, Ama Rava, based on what it says in Gemara Masachas Megillah, Mechayev inish lebasume b'poria adela yada berarahama lebarach Mordechai. We are commanded to get so intoxicated on Purim that we are unable to differentiate between blessed is Mordechai and cursed is Haman. What? It's so interesting because if you open up a base Yosef, which was written by the same author as the Shulchan Aruch, Rabbi Yosef Kara, who was born in Spain in 1488, escaped during the, was forced out of Spain during the expulsion in 1492, moving to Svat, eventually moving to Svat through going on his journey through the Ottoman Empire. Before he wrote the Shulchan Aruch, he wrote a commentary on the Torah. And on that commentary, he in that in his book, Yosef, he basically cautions us about the dangers of drinking too much. But yet, it's a halacha and Shulchan Aruch that you are meant to get so intoxicated that you do not know the difference. La yada. Until you do not know about the difference between Baruch, Mordechai, and Arahaman. Which, the question is even stronger. Because if we even say Baruch, Haman, if we get to that point, why are we even having this holiday in the first place? If Haman should be blessed, why are we even celebrating this day? The halachists bring a lot of different explanations on how we actually practically apply this halacha of getting intoxicated on Purim. How intoxicated do you have to get? What are the different ways in which you actually accomplish this mitzvah? However, today we are going to talk about the Hasidic explanation. What is the idea of la yada? It's interesting because this idea of das, the idea of actually taking your knowledge and making it something personal, pertinent in your life, is a foundation of Hasidus. Chabad Hasidus. Chachma Bina Das. Das stands for actually really taking ideas and really making it personal and really initiating and really being one with these ideas and not just letting your Judaism float by, but really being conscious. Das is this idea of consciousness. Eight Hadas. The Jewish people ate from when Adam and Chava ate from the da, from the tree of knowledge. They became aware. They actually understood that what they were doing was wrong. It's even more interesting because if you open a Gemara, it says, Haman minatara minayin. Where do we even have this idea in the Torah of Haman? Where do we see Haman? And the Amorim bring, where does Haman come in the Torah? Hamin ha'et asher tzivisicha. The builti aro mimenu acheles, acha mimenu acheles. That essentially, what was the sin? Hamin ha'et from that tree that Haman represents this idea of das. But 
Do we celebrate the idea of Das or do we not celebrate the idea of Das? Do we make Judaism something that's one and rational and actually something that comes into our life in a very practical way? Or does Hamin Ha'etz, does the concept of Haman represent Das? Because when they ate from the tree, they had a sense of self-consciousness. Is self-consciousness something that is positive or negative? It's interesting because it seems as though 364 days of the year, we celebrate this idea of Das. We celebrate this idea of taking Torah and making it practical and something digestible in our lives. But there is one day of the year, this idea of Das, the idea of actually taking, being conscious of our Judaism, being real with ourselves, is like Haman, is compared to this idea of eating from the Eitzha Das, is something that is negative. The way to understand this is through learning an incredible Maima that the Rebbe said in Tafshin Chav, 1960. The Maima is called Belayla Hu On that night, the king's sleep was disturbed. And the question that the Rebbe asks is, founded on the Minhage Ma'aril. The Ma'aril explains that when the Baal Kaira reads from the Megillah, when he gets to Belaylahu, what should he do? He should raise his voice, like Bia es to raise his voice. Why? Because it's Turk by This is the climax of the miracle. Now, why is the fact that the king's sleep was disturbed? He couldn't sleep that night. Why? Because he was having all these conspiracy theories. Maybe Esther and Haman are trying to conspire against me is feeling highly paranoid he asked his servant to go get him the book of chronicles which spoke about Mordechai saving him with big son and Sarish. isn't Taikvai Shalnais really the pinnacle of the entire miracle Tachanonai Esther when the Jewish when Esther fasts for three days gets everyone to fast goes to Ahasuerus and Ahasuerus accepts her the Jewish people taking initiative why is Balailahu this idea that the king's sleep is disturbed? Why is that the pinnacle of the miracle? Now, in order to understand this, the Yalkut Shemani explains that every time it says Hamelech in the Megillah, we're not talking about the king. We're talking about the king above. We're talking about the real king, the king of Hashem. That the king's sleep was disturbed. We are talking about Hashem. Now, now the question just gets stronger. How could it be that the king's sleep was destroyed? What that the king was sleeping? How could it be that Hashem was sleeping? Don't we say that Hashem never sleeps? How could we say that Hashem Kibiachal is sleeping? So the rabbi explains Hashem Silcha, Hashem is our shadow. What does that mean? Everything that we do, Hashem essentially copies and mirrors our actions. The Ramak, or Moshe Kodavero, in his book, Time Red Zavaris, speaks about this all the time. That the way we behave in this world is how Hashem actions are mirrored. And because the Jewish people were shrinta begalota, they were living in a time of galot, which is compared to sleep and dreaming, because dreams are random. There is no, se- and when we're in that sense of subconscious, you can dream about anything. Jung says we all have our collective subconscious. And that's why if you live in Spain, Asfania, as the rubber brings, you can be dreaming about what's going on 
in a rural town in South Australia. Because our dreams are random. They have no inherent concrete. They're not rational. And that's what the Jewish people were in a state in, in, in Persia. They weren't really thinking straight. If you think about it, they were going to Akashverish's parties where they were literally disgracing the vessels in the temple. They were sucking up to him. They were trying to get on his good side. The only person that didn't bow down to Haman was Mordechai. Everyone else was bowing down to Haman. The Jewish people were sleeping. But what happened when the Jewish people, when this decree came, the Jewish people took initiative, which essentially means the Jewish people said, you know what? This is not okay. We are going to change our ways. We are going to do better. When they recognized that they were going to start doing Tshuva and Tzedakah, that they were going to teach themselves how to do better. They fasted for three days and they were committed to Mordechai and his cause. And they had Messiris Nefesh for their Judaism. They said, no matter what, we are going to stay steadfast in our Judaism even though Haman wants to kill us. This Messiris Nefesh for their sense of identity. It awakened the sleep of Hashem. When we woke up, Hashem sleep woke up. Hashem woke up. Now the question is still strange. Don't we say that literally, how could Hashem be sleeping? Like, if anything, every action that we do in this world is initiated by Hashem. Hashem is the one that's constantly feeding us, constantly inspiring us. The Rebbe brings the most beautiful idea from Shira Sherem. Now, Shira Sherem is the Song of Songs written by Shlomo HaMelech. And it's a metaphor of two lovers. They're, t- they're intoxicating, passionate, romantic love, representing as an allegory our relation with Hashem. And the Shira Sherem says, Ani Yeshena Velibi Er. I am sleeping, but my heart is awake. And the male lover says to his female lover, Daidi Daifek. The beloved, the male beloved is knocking. And he says, Pishili Achaisi Rayasi Yanasi Tamasi. Open up for me, my sister, my beloved, my dove, my perfect one. Shiraishi Nimla Tal, Laila. Because my head is full of dew, my locks for the drop of the night. I want you. And she says, Pashadati eskotanti. I already took off my robes. I don't even know how to put them back on. I wash my feet. How am I going to clean them? She basically says, I'm tired. I took off my cloak. I don't know how to put them back on. How? I really I don't want to make my feet dirty again. So her love puts his hand through the hole of the door. Oh may I humble I love and my insides 
stirred for him and she becomes aroused and she wants to have this relationship with him because she sees how much he craves her. The Rebbe says this represents our relationship between us and Hashem. And he goes on to explain section by section by section what does it mean open up. The Rebbe explains it says in Razal says our rabbis explain to us that Hashem says open for me like the hair of a needle and I will open to you like the rooms of a ballroom like the doors of a ballroom all we need to do is literally in open ourselves up, not even literally the point of the needle. We just need to make one little tiny relationship with Hashem. Say, Hashem, I want you. Like the hair of a needle. And Hashem reciprocates and opens for us literally like the doors of a ballroom. That's how great Hashem reciprocates. What does it mean, Achaisi? Achaisi represents Ach, like a sibling. That our relationship with Hashem is like one. Kel Ailam, it says. That first, our relationship with Hashem needs to be in the sense of oneness. We need to look within ourselves and say to ourselves, how is my relationship with Hashem? Hashem is one with this world. And every single part of us, we have to recognize that when Hashem says, He is telling us that me and you are one together. Once we contemplate on this idea that our our lover is calling to us and saying, that Hashem is everywhere and Hashem is one with this world, then we need to go one step further. And our lover calls out to us and says, Rayasi. Rayasi. Rayasi Parnasasi. Hashem is our sustenance. Just like food sustains us, Torah and mitzvahs, which is like food, sustains this world. Without Torah and mitzvahs, this world will disintegrate. Once we have contemplated on this idea that Hashem is not only one with the world, literally a sibling, so connected, so one with this world. And then we have contemplated that Hashem is literally sustaining this world through Torah mitzvahs. Then we need to think of the word Yainasi. Hashem is our dove. What does it mean Hashem is our dove? Dove is staring. The idea of staring, the idea of deep, deep pleasure and love, the relationship of two lovers, the relationship of oneness, the relationship in which the husband and wife, the man and woman become one. Their passion is so strong. They are like doves. They look at each other with so much passion and love. That's that 
ultimate oneness, that intimacy between us and Hashem that is so connected and indestructible. And finally, we get to the idea of Tamasi, Hashem complete, that Hashem, we complete Hashem. What does it mean we complete Hashem? That we literally, through creating a dira, Hashem reached out and literally wanted to create a dira, a place for Hashem in this world. But that is not enough. As Hashem literally calls out to us as only someone that loves you so much can and says, Achaisi, Rayasi, Yanasi, Tamasi, you are my everything and I love you so much and you complete me. And you are like tal to me, not like rain that is dependent on evaporation and condensation. Jew, tal, Jew that comes out every single morning, no matter what, consistent. Hashem consistently is obsessed with us and loves us and wants us to complete him. What do we respond? Pashanti has katanti. I already took off my cloak. I took off my lavoshim. I took off my outfit. I took off my Torah mitzvahs. I can't be bothered right now. I'm sleeping. I'm exhausted. I have no patience for you, Hashem. I know you're obsessed with me, but there's no time right now. I don't even know how to get it back on. How am I even going to... I don't even feel inspired. I know that you're obsessed with me and you love me and you want me so badly. But I just I just can't. I can't right now, Hashem. I can't be bothered. I already washed my feet. And here the Rebbe cries and explains... The, who is the one saying, I washed my feet? It's the Midas Hadin. Up in Kisei HaKavad, there are those, the Tzva, the army of Hashem, that stand from the right and the left. And they look at Hashem and says, Olam Hadayim Ragli. This world is the, is the footsteps, is the, is the stool of Hashem. Hashem places his metaphorical feet on this world. And the Midas Hadin, judgment, and all of Hashem's ministers, I say, Hashem, don't make your feet dirty with these people. Why are you even getting yourself busy with, with human beings? They're so flawed. They're always making mistakes. Why are you even getting involved in them? Why do you even want a relationship with these people? They don't even want you. You give yourself everything. You ask them to complete you. You tell them that you love them so deeply and you they are you are they are everything to you. And you give them everything. You sustain this world every single minute. You give every part of yourself, Hashem. You even mitsamtsame yourself in order to create this relationship. And they just can't be bothered. And Hashem looks at his tzava. He looks at his army on the right, his ministers on the right, and his ministers on the left. Hashem builds, digs a hole under the Kisei HaKavad where they cannot see, where they do not have jurisdiction over. Hashem says, 
I am having this relationship with the Jewish people, whether you like it or whether you don't, whether you understand it or whether you don't, whether Jewish people today are interested or whether they are not. I will always be there. And through Hashem, through Hashem, putting his hand through the door, through under Kisei Kavot, reaching out to us, no matter what state we're in, or may I humble love. The Jewish people, our insides are stirred, and we feel aroused, and we feel like we want to have this relationship with him. Wow. It's so beautiful because every single Maima that you will learn, undoubtedly, 95% is founded on the idea of love. Hashem loves you. It's not some, I know it just, it sometimes sounds a little cliche, like God loves you. It's not me saying it. It's how my Sharbeno telling us. Hashem is obsessed with you. Hashem wants a relationship with you. Hashem wants the best for us. Hashem wants our lives to be wonderful. Hashem is literally willing to give up his revealed self so that we feel, we see, and yet we're sleeping. Not through any thought, fault of our own, really. We're in Galut. And we're in this Fahino Kachalmim. It's like we're sleeping. We're dreaming. We're living in a dream. But Hashem is always, always, always there for us. And Hashem is not worried. The Rebbe literally spells out. It doesn't matter if your feet are dirty. It doesn't matter if you're not feeling so perfect today. It doesn't matter if you're not so interested. No matter what, Hashem is always there for us. Why? Because we're literally a part of Him. He's willing to literally put His hand and outstretch Himself for us. And it doesn't matter where we are right now. It doesn't matter what level we're on. And through that, that awakens within us the sense of Messiris Nefesh. The sense that we are willing to connect no matter the circumstance. It doesn't matter what is going on. The Tanya tells you that every single Jew, no matter what the Jew looks like, he has an inevitable relationship, connection with Hashem. And that is why Haman min minayin. Where does it say Haman in the Torah? Hamin ha'etz. From the concept of the eight hadas. Why? Because for Haman, we have to come to a place that is like Haman. Haman didn't care. Haman didn't care what a Jew looked like. He didn't care if a Jew was religious or not religious. If a Jew believed or didn't believe. If 
a Jew was atheist, if a Jew was a Haredi, if a Jew was from whatever background, it didn't matter how many mitzvahs that Jew did. It didn't matter if they were from Lithuania. It didn't matter what they looked like, what their preferences were. A Jew was a Jew. And a Jew had to be killed. It's interesting because the Megillah says that Haman said, we need to destroy Am Mordechai, the nation of Mordechai. Why the nation of Mordechai? Why doesn't it say we need to destroy the Yehudim, the Jews? And additionally, Yehudim, the first time in the Torah that the Jewish people are called Yehudim and not Bnei Yisrael is now in the Megillah. The first time we're called Jews is literally in the Megillah. We're never really called Jews before that. We're called Israelites from the family of Yisrael. And now we are for the first time called Yehuda from the word modet, grateful, or moda, surrender. Because Haman wasn't making calculations. He wasn't saying, how Jewish are you? When it comes to Purim, we need to tap into that level. We have to come to that level of Adelayada. We're not making calculations. We're not saying I'm Jewish today because X. And this is how Jewish I am. And my Jewish levels are like this. And yet it's important to be conscious of your observance and your relationship and your connection. There are two days of the year that none of that matters. It's not important. Hashem loves you no matter what. Doesn't matter what you did yesterday. Doesn't mean what you did today. Doesn't mean doesn't matter what you did this minute. The lover wants you. Doesn't matter what shape you're in. Doesn't matter if your feet are dirty or feet are not dirty. The ki- the the king, the ultimate king of the universe, wants you, no matter what. And we need to stop making all these calculations. Purim is the idea of essence. Because Purim is all about the idea. Adelayada. We need to become so intoxicated. That we are not making all these calculations. We are not self-conscious about our religious observance. We're not overly self-conscious of who we are. How Jewish am I today? There's no concept. Just like Haman had no concept of how Jewish a Jew was. Just like Hitler and Machshamai didn't say, oh, how Jewish are you? A Jew is a Jew is a Jew is a Jew is a Jew. We need to transform that mentality and look within ourselves and say, how could I be a fraction of Jewish? I'm not so Jewish. I'm not feeling so Jewish today. It doesn't make sense. It's not part of our vernacular. Because the truth is, Purim is the day that like Yom Kippur, we transcend, we surrender. Purim is a day of essence. Purim is the day that we recognize that we are Yehudim. That no matter what, no matter what we look at, we are not making calculations. We are Adzalayada. We're above that. We're transcendent. Wishing you a very, very happy Purim. And a beautiful Shabbos.